0: What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Liles. we are rocking with Liles Movie Files. We are doing a special episode tonight. It's me and Jay King. We uh, watched a lot of wrestling over these last 48 hours with WrestleMania 35 NXT Takeover New York, and we are going to break down our thoughts on this. What's up, Jay King?
1: What is good, Mr. Liles? This was a heck of a weekend for wrestling. Um, I'm 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 super amped because I haven't been this excited about wrestling since the
0: early 2000s. So let's get it, man. All right, let's let's start off with the Friday night show. For many people, this was the highlight of the weekend. NXT Takeover. Uh, the Black and Gold brand has been on this phenomenal, can't miss streak of every takeover as long as I can remember, being good to great, and this potentially may have been the best one of these takeovers that I've seen so far. Just without going into the matches and all, what did you think about the show in general? Um, to me,
1: it took me back to, remember the old superstars of wrestling that used to come on Saturday mornings, Jeff, or Saturday oh. afternoons, wherever you were? Uh-huh. It had the same kind of energy as those house shows that they did. Even though you weren't going to see Hulk Hogan or or or, or Sergeant Slaughter or, or, or Ricky Steamboat or insert your favorite '80s wrestler here, the wrestlers that you saw were the future of the WWF then WWE now, and the energy was always high. Um, the production value was always good. Um, to me, a lot of times, those were the better shows, and the same thing could be said about, you know, like, AWA and WA Wrestling, those house shows that came on on your Saturday morning, that's kind of what it it is, you know, in NXT. This isn't the main, main event, like Raw, Raw or um, SmackDown. It was high energy and probably some of the best wrestling I've seen out of the WWE
0: in a long time. Yeah, it was a crazy show, and... The main, the main issue was that their plans had gotten derailed dramatically because Tommaso Ciampa was supposed to face Johnny Gargano mm-hmm. to wrap up a storyline that they had spent two years kind of developing and honing and taking through all these different twists. And then Ciampa's neck decided, I'm out. And he had to have basically emergency surgery. So they had to fill in Adam Cole in the main event slot. But we, you know, from Adam Cole's performance over the past year and a half as the leader mm-hmm. of the Undisputed Era, it was like, well, if you're going to have to replace him with anybody, Cole can step in and take that spot. So that was the real, like, okay, we know the rest of these matches are going to be good, but can the main event deliver? So let's right. break down the card now. So our first one was the NXT Tag Team Championship. We have the War Raiders, uh, the former ROH war Machine. Taking on Ricochet and Aleister Black. And since Ricochet and Aleister Black have been competing on Raw and SmackDown, had a SmackDown title match at WrestleMania, we knew this was going to be their swan song for NXT. And uh, Ricochet is a former North American champion. Aleister black's a former NXT heavyweight champion. So these guys are decorated. And it was just a matter of will they leave as the champions? And Four Raiders have been, you know, they're that big team. We don't normally see a lot of Vince McMahon's perfect vision at this WWE where everybody looks like they're sweaty, muscular guys. They have a little <laughs> heft to them. And Hanson always amazes me every time I watch him. I mean, he's a big dude, and he's going cartwheels and flipping around like he's Rey Mysterio's bigger cousin or something. What do you think of this tag match? I think it. This was, you know, the War Raiders
1: remind me a lot of uh, LOD because they 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 just bring that kind of wild ass energy, and 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 that's what's to me has been missing. I really thought like this was a star making turn. Like we're not gonna see them on NXT no more. I don't think. Like this was maybe, and I I would be wrong. I know I'm wrong, but I I definitely feel like after this match, what we saw in this match and the presence that they have. They could be headlining the tag team events, the main event tag team bouts on Raw or, or SmackDown or pay-per-view. They're good. I Man. really like this tag team.
0: It was fun watching, watching this and then talking to you, who, who hasn't been watching NXT mm-hmm. and keeping up with this stuff for like the last few months or years. Because War, War Machine and ROH was a team that was cool, they had good matches with all the top teams that they fought and they were kinda like on their way out. They were being used as the, the measuring stick for the other teams. And when they came to NXT it was like, why are they why are they wasting time yeah putting them in the NXT brand? But over the last maybe like six months, it's kinda like, well, maybe going to SmackDown or Raw isn't everything it's cracked up to be. Because yeah. these guys who were on the the NXT brand, they get to work with people who are on their level, who aren't hampered, who get to show off their personalities and develop characters mm-hmm. in a way we don't see once they move up to the main roster. I
1: mean mm-hmm. those
0: guys once they come to the main roster, it's pretty much rap. Whether right. it's gay or nay puts a thumbs up, thumbs down, and right. if thumbs down, you're done.
1: Yeah. And
0: we've seen it so often this past couple of years with people who were big stars in NXT and headlining Everybody loved. They had great matches, had great gimmicks, and they come up to the main roster and they just get wasted. Mm-hmm. So I'm not as not as huge a rush now for these guys who have these great matches to go up to the main roster because NXT is good enough that it's not the development league anymore. It's the league where hey, you get to see that classic NWA well, AWA Jeff, old school wrestling.
1: Jeff, you know what? You just you hit it right there. The thing that drove, or what thing that drives any, any good, any any good company, any good any good success story to me is a rivalry. Back when we had, when the W sub when the WCW finally formalized, right, and they were the major competition to the WWF through the nineties, through the late late eighties to the nineties, you know, until they swung, you know, the, the end of the show in the, what two thousand two.
0: No, I think it was early, it was like
1: 2001. 2001, yeah, yeah. The competition drove some of the greatest television, some of the greatest wrestling we saw, not just wrestling, but TV. Mm-hmm. This was must-see TV back when it was, you know, the, the mm-hmm. old Raw's War Days, the NWO, the DX, those stables that you knew and loved. Mm-hmm. That drove the competition. And it seems like right now, the... WWE is looking, they need a competition. They need something to push They They need something to push them to, 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 to have better matches, have a better product. The product's great right now. Don't get me wrong, but I definitely think a little competition is always healthy because it pushes you. It pushes the boundaries. Um, right now they're the monopoly and, you know, there's, you got, what, uh, 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 Non-Stop or Total Action or whoever. And um, yeah, then. ROH. yeah, and what's the other one? Um, oh, ROH. ROH. Got... And then there's... Um, and
0: we're going to have All Elite Wrestling soon.
1: Hall, all, all, all Elite Wrestling, Hall of Fame, right? Or Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is what I'm thinking mm-hmm. about. But they don't come close to the, the juggernaut that is the WWE. They're the industry standard, right? Mm-hmm. They need something to push themselves, and they're pushing themselves internally, which I think is a great idea. It's just you can't kill the momentum of what you have because you have a lot of great young talent in NXT. And this is my second watch of this. This, this show was my second watch of NXT. And I always dismissed NXT as, OK, this is the, the minor leagues of, of the WWE and really, I'll be honest with you. From what I've seen the last two episodes, I've been more impressed with the quality of the matches and the quality of the personalities. than I have with what the WWE's flagship offerings give us.
0: Javon, let me say this, man. Mm-hmm. You watch. The funny thing is, you don't even have to watch NXT on a week-to-week basis. I mean, it's it's an hour show, so it automatically has the advantage over Raw and SmackDown, especially Raw. Mm-hmm. It's three hours that just never end. Yeah, it just but doesn't end. That tight, air, that tight hour on on NXT, mm-hmm. they're able to do so much, and they tape like I guess it's a month at a time,
1: mm-hmm. so
0: they can wrap up things and kind of figure out where they're going from in right. another month to the last week of the month, and it's like okay, mm-hmm. you see that plan, and this is NX This is a Triple H's baby. He is the one running that ship. and you can see his old school roots coming up. Like, it looks like an NWA show. And, yeah. And it just plays out like, okay, these guys are fighting because X, Y, Z. And, oh, these guys are fighting because they want a belt. These guys are fighting over respect. And it just, or these guys are fighting to be the next in line for the shot of the title. Yeah. And it just, every week it plays out that way. But, man, if you, you, guys, if you watch two takeovers, I highly encourage you to just go back and watch maybe like the last two years wasn't takeovers. you can be like, man. Why haven't Why didn't they not tell me about these before? Oh,
1: dude, I've got the WWE Network now, and that's what it's been all about. This takes me back to old school wrestling. Like you said, Jeff, those three-hour uh, uh, shows that they do for SmackDown or the two hours for Raw, it can be Other a lot around. of – Raw. sorry. Yeah. Those are three hours for Raw still? Yeah, man. It's three hours. I thought hours. they condensed that. They uh, should. They, well, they need to. Uh, here's the thing. It's like when you watch a comedian, like, for example, I remember early Kevin Hart, and I like Kevin Hart a lot, but I I can't do an hour and a half of Kevin Hart stand-up. They're very rare, the comic, that can give you an hour and a half of stand-up. You know why? Because there's going to be a lot of dead air in between. When you have, in comedy, they have the type 5, the type 10, the type fifteen. When you can condense your best material in ten minutes, you can knock a house down. You give me an hour, then I got I got it's hard to keep people engaged for an hour
0: yeah. when you don't that's have strong can... material. Right. Like, yeah. And that's yeah. A, that's exactly the problem every week on wrong, which is why I we watch it reading highlights and what I mm-hmm. should watch on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but this tag team match, man, we had the war war raiders taking on Ricochet and to Black. Ricochet was the star of Underground, Prince Puma. He wrestled in New Japan. He's been a dynamite performer for the last five years. And watching him in this stage has been really fun. And against kind of all odds, he and Alex the Black managed to make this cool tag team. And going against people like War Raiders where they can just beat each other, beat each other down. (laughs) (laughs) It was so much fun. They were just like, nah, dude, I'm going to hit you on the knee down. Now I'm going to hit you in the face. It was like, oh, shoot. And Ricochet's doing fall away slams on Hanson. Hanson's yeah, like backflip, elbow springs, backflip,
1: elbow springs. These are things that you just you miss it. You don't see it often.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they, they, they you know, it was funny because it's like so often they they do the moves now where it looks like it hurts and it does hurt. And then there's some cases where it's like that didn't hurt, but right. they're hurting each other a lot more than back in the day. But this one, it was like, oh shoot, are they hurt? And they were just selling so well. It was. I was like, man, and then the commentary sold it so well. Mario oh, yeah. he was just like, "Yo, they could leave here with the NXT tag titles and then take on and win the SmackDown championships on Sunday." Yeah. And initially, I'm like, "Of course, that's not going to happen. They're leaving. Why would they? Why would they win their last match?" But I bought into it by the time it was over. It's like, oh man, they're so going who, to win. Who is the com?
1: Who does the 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 play by play? Because I'm going to tell you something. Whoever
0: Mario it is, Ronaldo. who is it? Mara Rinaldo.
1: Okay, that guy could call. He he could call a fat man eating a cheese sandwich in a park, and it would probably be riveting. You know.
0: I think he, he ju- used to do MMA before okay. he came to WWE. Okay. He's great because he has. You know he's great. And his uh, analogies were spot mm-hmm. on. He was like, spot on. They've got they've got chemistry like. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, but nobody's going to be in the shallows tonight. It's like, dude, how are you coming with this stuff? This is all yeah. the stuff. You
1: don't like this. Yeah. Crazy. No, he was good and he's engaging and that's some these are the uh, this is another element. Damn it. Damn it. Uh, uh uh JP Triple H, you 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 really put something good together there. And look, I don't I know we're very early in this, right? We're only what talking about the first match, but mm-hmm. I was so impressed by the these two NXTs that I watched that it's it's to me better than the actual product. I can't say that enough. It's better than what we hold our hat that what the WWE hangs their hat on. And I know that Triple H is next in line to take over, but Vince, you you gotta Dude, let him do what he's doing because we're talking about a real golden age coming up. Another golden age coming
0: yeah, up. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. As soon as Vince decides I can't do this any longer, but when he takes a bucket, which is probably more likely, but yeah, Triple H, I can't wait to see what he does with the main roster. Oh yeah. As Long as he keeps, in, keeps his influence on NXT, so it remains the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't I think know if he you- will.
1: No, I'm sorry, Jeff. Go
0: ahead. I don't know if since you haven't been watching takeovers in NXT regularly, have you seen the Undisputed Era? Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong in particular with their tag team? I haven't. I haven't. Now those guys, they were were pretty much running the tag team division. And it got to the point where they had gone through all the tag teams, so they had to lose, but Mm -hmm. they were putting on tag team clinics on these Mm. takeovers. And this was the first one in a long time that they weren't wrestling. And it was like, oh man, this is gonna be as good because they're not involved. But this right. tag match was every bit as good as the Undisputed Air tag matches. Right. And and Ricochet and Aleister Black came up short, they got the nice uh, farewell as they hit up to SmackDown Live for good, I guess. Mm-hmm. But man, this was War War Raiders came off looking really good
1: in this one. You know, the War Raiders to me they got the same kind of energy that somebody like an L.O.D. or the Bushwhackers, where they, they're raw energy, man, and they can stir up the crowd. They they need that push. They really are the next day. I know day. you didn't
0: just go with the Bushwhackers, man. Let's say the Sheepherders, where they were, like, gangsters. <laughs> the sheepherders, when they were
1: gangsters. I like the Bushwhackers because <laughs> they were so family friendly.
0: They, they were, but, man. Gosh. You know, watching them in the NWA when they were just like in the when they were carving up people with forks and knives, and then they come to the oh, WWF yeah. and they're licking people. I'm like, come on. They're licking
1: people. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something. You haven't lived until you've seen your your youngest daughters walk into a barbecue during the Bushwhackers entrance because <laughs> they about to wreck shop on the food. Proudest moment of my life.
0: Hey. So next up, we had the North American Championship match. Teen Dream, the champion took on the challenger Matt Riddle and Matt Riddle has this bro surfer kind of gimmick and he wrestles barefoot and he's going against Velveteen Dream who many moons ago I uh, casually met as he and uh, Leo Rush were Uh part of Maryland Development Wrestling Territory Uh and they came into the room when I was interviewing Kurt Angle Oh, when he was down here at the Bowie Base Office. And they were, you know, quiet or whatever, and they were all bashful and shy, but watching them from where they were to, like, these stars, you now it was kind of crazy. It's like you never know when that next generation star is going to pop up. So Velveteen Dream is this guy, man. He is—he has so much charisma and personality. He does so many little things in wrestling. <laughs> and yeah. I am just like, God. I know if he goes up to the main roster, this is going to ruin him. This is going to ruin him. It's so rule. much fun to watch right now. What, what do you think about this one, man?
1: Um, Velveteen Dream reminds me of – he looks a little bit like Maharshala Ali. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. He's got the charisma. He does so much. His entrance. Right. <laughs> For NXT, I've, I haven't seen anything as, as elaborate as that in a long time, dude. Normally, you get the Titantron, and you get some fireworks, and somebody comes out there and yells. This dude came out there on, if I can remember, wasn't it like he was he being carried on a throne liberty. or something? Came out the statue of liberty. He sat make
0: it. It. Right. <laughs> I'm like, man, you got the king entrance and the statue of liberty. Hey, you did the Statue of Liberty. You are being
1: carried out there, man. This is you. You can't. You can't make this up. You can't manufacture this. This is genuine article. I am a showman. I'm here to get. He understands that. Mm-hmm. This is a show. Give the people a show. I get so tired of seeing some dork come out there running full steam down the ramp with the fireworks, or standing there for standing on his mark waiting for his cue for his fireworks, and then he, (laughs) right, you know, I want to see somebody with a mad personality that owns the crowd. And he owns the crowd. He really did. He, from start to finish, and I love that. Hopefully, when he gets his push to the next stage, they they don't temper that, or they don't change his gimmick. They don't change anything about him. I know that Vince, well, like you just said, Jeff, Vince is going to probably change something about him, if not all of them together. You don't, when you got gold like that, you, you
0: got to kind of let that be. You really have to let that you be. Just, just run with it, do it. Yeah. Cause he's going to make them so much money. I mean, because his book is so unique. He's got those sunglasses, which are going to be super they're going to kill the Dude,
1: All you got to do is put the, WW, the W on the the, the, the side yeah. of those sunglasses. And there you have it. Yeah, You've please. sold a million of those things. He's a lot.
0: And yeah. And I, I've I've seen a few Matt Riddle matches. I, mm-hmm. I haven't been all that impressed because he was just doing like really quick matches, He did a couple knee mm-hmm. strikes and kicks, and that was it. Yeah, but that's I it. But I really liked this match with Dream because they were going back and forth, and I was like, oh, now I get it with Riddle. He did a uh, back suplex into the ring. Dude, the yeah, season. yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, that was crazy.
1: Like you're like Crash Holly out there, you're like Edge or something. You you go for it, okay.
0: Yeah. It was that one that was a nice surprise. And yeah. you know, Velveteen Dream got the win with like a quick submission reversal and mm-hmm. Riddle was kinda like, All right, you got me that time. But you know there's gonna be another match and and I'm actually looking forward to seeing that rematch. Anything else stand out to you about that one?
1: Um the technicality, the fact that you know, not knowing much about Riddle, um, I I thought it was Matthew McConaughey Jack Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, he's a good wrestler. He's technical. And he's mm. also got some flair. And I like that. I just think, like, I haven't seen other than what I saw of him um, from Friday. I didn't get to see much of him else, you know, and I haven't seen much of him. But from what I saw, it seems like he's a guy that has unscratched potential. And, you know, the thing about it is, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. When you have a conglomerate, when you're the only voice, he's the kind of guy that another, like the WCW would have picked up on a contract if it didn't work out with WWE. and He would have became a a star there if that existed.
0: He was was in the... um... I think he's also another dude who was actually in MMA before oh. he started deciding to do the, you know, sports entertainment version wrestling. Mm-hmm. And he wrestled in PWG. Oh, it was PWG, Pro Wrestling Group. Mm-hmm. And so he's wrestled some of these guys before on the independent scene. And you know, he was one of those highly touted free agents that mm-hmm. they finally signed to NXT. And I think that as he continues to develop and has more matches, he's going to be another guy that once he's on the main roster, they won't know what to do with him. Right, right. But right now, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch kind of evolve his character and continue to start racking up these high-quality matches, must-see takeover encounters. But I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. You
1: know what's funny while he was doing his thing, I did see a gimmick for him that probably wouldn't sell. I don't know. I think it would, but who knows? If they were to paint him as the dude. You know know what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) I know, I know. And I feel like, damn, that's a waste. But like that same kind of laid back SoCal sarcasm, I think that would work so well for him because there would be nobody else like him. Like, surfer dude, yeah, bro, chill, whatever. Like,
0: I I would love that. I think in his promos, um, he has a lot of that, bro. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you heard his interest, but, yeah, he does a lot of that promos. You probably saw it in his little video package. Yeah, I did. I think they do an excellent job on those because you don't have to watch the weekly show to get the gist of any feud in, mm-hmm. in NXT. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's all I need to know? Perfect. Let's get to Perfect. the match. Yeah, because you can.
1: What it's it's dude, it's like remedial wrestling. I can come in from knowing nothing and and pick it up right away. Right, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's great.
0: All right, let's see here. Next up, NXT UK Championship: Pete Dunne versus the one name only needed Walter. <laughs> and Walter, to me, I you know I hadn't seen him. He's a mm-hmm. guy who I've heard about wrestling in you know UK and other territories internationally. And so I'm like, okay, let's see what the fuss is here. But, man, I've watched a lot of Pete Dunn matches. And Pete Dunn looks like a regular dude. But once he gets in the ring, it's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. This match, man, it was different than anything else we saw on the show. They were just clubbing away. And it looked like all this stuff hurt. And to me, if you could sell me on this illusion, like, oh, wow, that looked like it really hurt. Oh, that hurt! That really yeah, hurt. that hurt. I am sold. What did you think of this one? This is an old school pain match.
1: Like, they, at certain points, like that knee, that looked like they were trying to hurt each other. <laughs> I mean, Gun delivered a knee to one. Thing. I was like, it hurt this guy. I, I, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure I don't. You know, but that was, it, they, they it, either, either it was intentional or he did a hell of a job selling it. He looked like he was trying to hurt. Me. Yeah, man. um, I like the match because it had bad intentions. I like when matches have bad intentions and it has the potential not for something to go terribly wrong, but, you know, we know we're watching an opera. We know we're watching it back and forth. But I like when there's an element of surprise when I think there could be a, a smidge of bad blood mm-hmm. because that means that although these guys are going to keep it professional, what's going to happen is at some point that bad blood is going to translate to a move where you kind of suspend that, you know, you kind of suspend any disbelief that you have and say, oh, gosh, these guys are fighting for real, right? They don't like each other.
0: Mm -hmm. And they had an element of that. And I think that's one of those deals that NXT does so well, which you don't necessarily see on the main roster as much, where it's like, uh, okay. And I think that just has more to do with that hard-nosed kind of style they do it's like alright we're gonna do our flips we're gonna do our kicks back and forth we're going to make it look like everything matters and that that's so huge and such a big key with, with any of these shows where it's like all right, just that suspension of disbelief for one moment where it's like okay I know they've been working hard and staying together on this but that time he messed up because he really hit him with that knee yeah <laughs> and that one that match just seemed full of it Yeah. Yeah. So I really like that one. So it was basically three for three for me at this point. Next up, we have the NXT Women's Championship Fatal Four Way. Bianca Belair, Ayo Shiari, Kyrie Saint, and champion Shayna Baszler. And Baszler is very confident. She does everything she needs to do as a champ, but she's somebody that needs to go up to the main roster now. Yeah. Kind of gone through everyone on this NXT level that she can fight and get better and kind of hone her skills. Now it's time for her to go against the top tiers because when she came on to NXT a lot of like the historical great talent you know who were the measuring stick Mm -hmm. had already left. Asuka was gone. Mm -hmm. Um, Sasha Banks, Bayley, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair. Um, I mean those are the main ones. But when all of them left, they created this void. And then some people kind of came in and were like, hey, like Nia Jackson, Ember Moon. Yeah. But Shayna Baszler's fighting women who are who they're not going to book to beat her. And she's just going to be kind of treading water at this point. She kind of needs to go up to the mm-hmm. main roster and start having some of these matches of people who will, will create a better challenge for her in some more interesting and drama-filled matches. What did you think about this four-way?
1: This four-way should have been at WrestleMania. This four-way was better than the uh, – we'll get to that when we talk about 35, but mm-hmm. the uh, prelude to the main event with um, with, with the one with uh, – what's her name? Camilla won? Yeah, the Women's Battle Royal. Yeah, the Women's Battle Royal. This was better than that to me to me and it's not just cuz she's she's asian but i'm gonna tell you something she reminds me a lot of uh what's my girl's name asuka
0: asuka Io hio sorry
1: uh what's her name uh the pretty no, they're both pretty but <laughs> the really pretty one
0: uh i think that's hio
1: yeah that is uh, yeah she reminds me of asuka like she can get down <laughs> She can get down. Like, she goes in and she's not afraid to get hurt. I mean, there's some, she pulled some risky maneuvers off in that yeah. match. If I'm not mistaken, if that's oh, yeah. the right one, she pulled it, some it risky was maneuvers doing off.
0: doing some really good moves. And I really like the story of telling good friends who mm-hmm. want to have mm-hmm. kind of friendship tossed aside for this title, but eventually got to the point where it's like, look, I want this belt. I want this belt. And we're going to have to throw it down at some yeah. point in and I don't know about you, but I'm really impressed with Bianca Belair. She she is not, she's probably the the worst wrestler of the four of them. But mm-hmm. she just yeah. has a presence, and she has that swagger. And I don't think we've really seen too many black women. I mean, most of the time, you had to have, like, a personality. Like yeah. A gimmick kind of thing. Yeah. Like, uh, like Ember Moon or Naomi. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think maybe the last time we saw somebody, like, Bianca was probably Miss Jacqueline. Miss Jacqueline, was I was like, about to had, say Miss Jacqueline. She had this real swagger, like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. she, like that's like, her all day. Right, and Bianca has it in like this modern thing where it's like, oh no, y'all ain't doing this to me, and it's just like, yeah, I kind of, I don't know, man. It's like that kind of more realistic tone, than I don't feel like she's playing a character. No, I know she, she's that's probably her. playing Bianca up like to like ten, but. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of... But are- you can tell
1: that on a daily basis that's Bianca on a seven. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And just like, man,
0: man, I love it. So I, I really want to see her... I want them to do more with her. And I didn't like that she took the pin or she got or she took the submission because I want her to be the champ and Shayna to move up because I think that Bianca is somebody who will learn and get better in that role of a champion. And she can figure out how to wrestle, but she's got that personality. I think that division vision needs a presence like her in the forefront. It is right now. Yeah. So that was good stuff. And then time for the main event. We don't have time to kill one NXT shows. We just get title matches, and we go home. This one was for the vacant NXT championship. Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. And what are two out of three falls. What I love most about this was two out of three falls for a vacated title ensures that there's no fluke, there's no, hey, one person slipped on a banana peel. It's, the, it's an undisputed win. The person who wins has to win two falls, and the loser can't go, oh, well, you know, I was blinded by the lights real fast, and you got to sneak one. I like that setup. In this way, you can create some angles and sort of future storylines, but you've got the basis of, hey, I beat you two times, but the other guy can go, I beat you one time, and I just need it, I just need one time to beat you one time again, so this one, Adam Cole is a bastard, he sends his undisputed <laughs> era to the back he's going to do it for himself and Gargano comes out rocking the Iron Man tribute outfit, and it, it's just good stuff first fall is kind of slow, but you know they're going for a long time so, that set up the build, they don't need to give us everything that first fall. Cole gets it with his last shot finisher. Then we've got the Gargano, the underdog, the professional underdog. He has game. to win two falls to win the match. And he's going, and he's fired up. He's going and using some of his old tag team moves with, with Ciampa from their DIY days. And then he finally gets the Gargano escape for the second fall. Now it's tied up. And everybody's like, okay, now the match has really started. Gargano and Cole are going back. They're throwing everything out of their arsenal. Commentators are going crazy. The fans are going crazy. Undisputed Era tries to do a run in. And everybody's like, no, don't let it end this way. Doesn't. Gargano gets the win. And the fans, the crowd, it's nuts. Commentators are losing their voices. (laughs) A epic takeover moment, epic WrestleMania weekend moment, and just set the bar so high anything else that came after. It? Mr. King, what did you think of this one?
1: This was a great main event, and this is the kind of main event you want for any pay-per-view that you have, any show that you have, really, because you had a bit of it all. You had drama, it was high drama, you had good wrestling, you had two good personalities going at it. Like, I didn't know either of these guys from a can of paint, but I was very invested in the match. Come
0: back up. You're breaking lines. up from the mic. Okay.
1: How about now? There you go. I said, I didn't know either one of these guys from a can of paint, but I was very invested in both their storyline and the match itself. And that rarely happens when you don't know the rest at hand. You know what I mean? That rarely happens. You have to kind of have to be invested in these people and their success or their failures, et cetera. I didn't know either one of these guys. And I was like really pulling for, uh, what's his name? Uh, Johnny Gargano.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was pulling for him because you could tell he was the obvious underdog or, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. at least the, the folks wanted him to win. And it was a good job of portraying that. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is a great match. So this was another win to me for NXT. A tight set and they put their but to me not knowing as much as I should know about NXT, I'm pretty sure those of you out there who know will have varying opinions, but for somebody and I'm coming from the point of view from somebody who's this is my second for my second watch, right? This was this is the incentive for me to become damn it. Okay. You don't have to edit that. Um, this is the incentive for someone like me, who has never watched or followed NXT up until the last two showings, to watch from here on out because I find it to be a very good product and a lot of and, and in a few ways superior than the product we get on Mondays and Thursdays.
0: I definitely encourage you to at least go back because NXT was it was it had the development league tag for a little bit, and it was kind of like, okay, this is where the next generation of stars are going to come from, blah, blah. But they kind of turned the corner right around the time where um, Big E was the champ, and he had beaten Seth Rollins, and then he lost to Bo Dallas. And right around that time, is when they just started having really good takeovers, Sammy Zayn is a fixture there, um, Tyler Breeze, and then they get the influx of the first generation of real big superstars uh, like Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Hideo uh, Itami. And when they come in there, they just kind of shift up their whole presentation, where it's like, look, we're gonna do, we're gonna make these guys look every bit as good as guys on SmackDown. And They changed everything up. And then at that same time, they were putting just as much focus on their women stars. Like Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Taylor, uh, Becky Lynch, and their tag team division was growing, getting stronger, and everything it was like, "Wow, they're actually booking this like an old school wrestling promotion." So if you just start from, man, I guess that's probably Dude. like five years ago now. Just, just Jeff, watch them, right, Be
1: right there. You sold. I mean, you sold me even before that. But what you just said harkens back to something like you said, old school wrestling when talent was developed when you watch, it was an organic experience to watch a wrestler go from doing he was a jobber to being a main event guy to being the face of the whole promotion. That, there, I don't know. There's a
0: lot of good stories with NXT talent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And watching them evolve from random person trying to figure out what they're doing and going through numerous gimmicks to, oh, this is the gimmick I'm going to do. Oh, okay, I've got this thing, and watching that light bulb click or turn on and them becoming stars before our eyes and then going up to the main roster is great. It's like a success story, not every time, but when it happens, it's real magic. And watching that unfold like over the course of two years is really special. And it makes takeovers. it takes those takeovers to a totally different level.
1: I can imagine because it's an organic experience when you watch someone like that. You you've invested in this wrestler. It's like watching them like hey. anything. Yeah, it's like watching the Golden State Warriors back when they drafted Steph. And then here comes Clay and Dre. And it was like watching them in their first two series back out. against San Antonio. Can you hear me now?
0: Absolutely.
1: Little- I'm in a bad spot of the house. Hold up. How about now? Same. Same? Uh, now okay, okay, it's like watching the Warriors as they evolved as a team, right? We're talking, of course, we're talking pre KD and pre what we see now for the from the Golden State Warriors. It was like watching them back in 2012 or 13 when they they got beat by San Antonio. You knew there was talent there, you knew that there was a lot of talent there, and they were going to be the kings of the world someday. You're just riding a wave with them. It's like watching your favorite young boxer go from being on the undercard to the big attraction to being the attraction himself. It's really organic to watch someone's success along the way. And you feel so much more investment than you do when you get these kind of finished products. Like the last thing I want to see is Rob Gronkowski as a wrestler. And I know they keep talking about it. And I know at some point it may end up happening. But I don't want to see that because it's like the it's like the Rousey thing. You've already got a name and you're going to get the push. You're going to get the push. So I'm not going to be <laughs> exactly. as invested. Yeah, so I'm not going to be exactly. as invested. Yeah. All because right, so that was yeah. take
0: over. And mm-hmm. then it's time for the big main event of the weekend, WrestleMania 35. And if you watch all of this show from the start of the pregame to last match, you win a Super Endurance Trophy. I could not do that. I um, WrestleMania has become a two-day affair. <laughs> I cannot. I think it's because, I mean, you know, I love those Avengers, Marvel Studio films. I can't watch six hours of them. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a little bit different, but, man, watching the one setting, basically, wrestling, it, and knowing they can only do with so many different things, I get tapped out long before the six or seven hour mark. Um there was one point in the show where I was like, this is a perfect ending. And then I looked at the timestamp and I was like, yo, this still has two hours and fifty minutes to go. I'm like, this is crazy. So that kind of played out for me with how I viewed this show. Um So we had the did you watch a pre pre game? pre show
1: unfortunately I did.
0: All right, so we have the Cruiserweight title match. We have Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese. And this one was solid. I mean, they, they did everything they needed to. People are still coming in. It's daylight. The sun's going down. and They're just kind of like, hey, let's do our thing. You know, not everybody's here. No one is really here to see us. But we're going to do our thing. And I thought the match was good. There were some good uh, high-impact moves, some, some real strong strikes where it's like, jeez, did he mean to hit him that all? Yeah. And yeah. Tony Nice won. And he got the running knees, got the pen, and he becomes a new 205 live champion. And I was fine with that. Good opening match. And it was like, cool. I mean, if everything stays like that, we'll be solid. Then we move over to the women's battle royal, And this kind of felt like the theme of the show for me. They did something really good, something good. And then they kind of did something that had me raise my eyebrows like a rock back in the day. Um, so immediately, despite having like copious amounts of time to talk to the talking heads in the booth, they rushed through the ring introductions for like 90% of the competitors in this match. I'm like, dude, we know they're not going to win if we can't even give them an introduction. So I thought that was weird. Oscar and Naomi were the two who got an entrance, and then everybody else is just, just kind of doing their thing. And I felt bad for Oscar because she, she really should have been in the main show defending her title instead of just using it as an accessory for Charlotte so she has something to offer in that match. I was like, this is so whack, because oscar has been doing her thing. She already beat <laughs> Becky Lynch, so she has, <laughs> she has a beat to be in this match, maybe more so than <laughs> anybody else. Like, right, right. She's in the Battle Royal. Of no she's in the battle royal of no consequence, so it was lame um, but but we see you know it's one of those typical battle royals a bunch of people are in there. people are holding legs inexplicably inexplicably and holding arms, stopping people from getting eliminated when it's like why do you care if insert wrestler here gets thrown out. Your right. goal is to be the last person. Why do you care? exactly you, I just sit back and let everybody else do all the work. And then go, oh, okay, now it's time to knock these last few people out.
1: Those so, are always my favorite wrestlers in battle royales. Cause it's, it's a, for them, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's it's check. It's chestnut checkers. I'm not going to sit there and try to over engage. It's like when uh, Magneto says, let the pawns go first.
0: Right. Yeah. So, I, I thought it was hilarious that they had Carmella, who is a face, who is a good guy, do that. And she sat back and chilled on the outside while everybody mm-hmm. was getting knocked out and eliminated. Then she's like, "Hey, Sarah Logan, I was not eliminated." And <laughs> <laughs> it was like, "Wow." And I'm thinking that's such a cheap way for a good guy to win. But I'm not mad at it. I didn't think she was stupid. But it was like, "Wow, okay, I guess that's the way she's running." What did you think of this one? I loved it.
1: That look at if if not for these kind of matches, you got a boring night. Somebody's got to be the one that takes advantage of the stupidity of the other people. Yes. Somebody's got to do it, and I love the fact that you know, uh, what's what's the, what's the old girl's name? She was so happy and elated. <laughs> she was so happy uh, and Sarah elated. Logan. Sarah Logan, she won and all that, and then out of nowhere here comes Carmella. perfect, perfect oh, to me. It's funny because I'm like, man,
0: the Riot Squad just dominated that whole. Battle Royal, and after getting trounced and trashed by Ronda Rousey, Becky, and Charlotte for the past few weeks, they look like game beaters, world beaters, <laughs> and all of a sudden, no, oh, but you're not very smart, world beaters. So I thought that was really interesting. Right, then we moved on to the tag titles, the Raw Tag Titles, the revival, uh, went against Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Hawkins and Ryder used to be a tag tag team champions with Under the Edge, La Familia faction, where they were the Edgeheads. And The Revival was the best tag team in NXT for a very long time. Then they moved up and got treated like trash, like most tag teams in Raw. And now they finally had the belts and a little bit of respect. Dash Wilder was pretty much the internet's favorite wrestler over the weekend because he straight... Punched the guy who attacked Bret Hart at the Hall of Fame ceremony when they were escorting him out. And if you haven't which seen, which was it, nuts, by the way. What the hell? A, like I don't even understand how security could let that, could allow that be sleeping on the job like that. But you know, that so Russia Jeff, re- we'll really never quick, be on the stand really in the quick, ring, Jeff, at that one. Really quick, Jeff. Yeah. Are
1: Any of those guards employed as of today?
0: I gotta assume not, man. I mean, you had one job. Don't <laughs> lose that's it. Yeah, you had one job. that That's your entire purpose of being in this, this place right here, right now. And you failed. Miserably. So, yeah, that wasn't good luck. But the revival, after t- basically 20 minutes, lose their belt to the underdog team. And we're pretty much assuming they're going to lose the titles on Raw. Tonight, as we're recording this episode, what did you think of this one? What I know you uh text during that match, you aren't a fan of the revival,
1: they were trash to me. I'm sorry. And 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 Jay's trying to sell me on them, and I was like, nah, I'm based on what I'm seeing, these are just two guys put together, the only thing they have in common is they're wearing the same trunks. See,
0: like the I, sit, they are a tag I, team. That has been dramatically, ridiculously reduced. stupid since coming up from NXT. In NXT, they just mm-hmm. ran through the tag team. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were like, look, we're not a flashy team. All we do is win. But well, mm-hmm. see,
1: Jeff, that right there, the people like me who have an, an unformed opinion because we, we didn't get to see that part, we don't know. So we're assuming that these guys are trash because they have trash performance on big stages. If you're setting them up for that kind of success on the next stage, continue the momentum. There's no reason to kind of shortchange these guys and make them out to be losers or, or whatever else, you know, uh, second run or also runs. Give them the push because for what it's worth, Competition breeds success. I love the fact that, I love when there's, okay, there's no guaranteed baby face. Like this guy is the guy or these guys are the guys of the promotion and it doesn't matter what happens. I don't care how great a wrestlers you are. I don't care what kind of momentum you have. I don't care how 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 much the fans are behind you. These are our guys and that's what we're running with. That stinks to me. It stinks. Because Welcome to it, the WWE.
0: It, it, I know. I know. I mean, uh come on now. And when I you know. go and you finish up this homework assignment to start going back to these old takeover shows mm-hmm. and you start getting to the revival era, mm-hmm. come back to me. Because oh, yeah. When you start feuding with DIY and the authors of pain. you're gonna have a totally different take on the revival. And I'm sure I'm I'm
1: positive. I know I will. Yeah. The thing is, I was so greatly influenced by what I saw at WrestleMania. Like these
0: guys are the trash and uh nah, man, that, Don't 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 but, well, WrestleMania no, but, presentation is pretty bad for like But of that's people. what I'm saying. That's what I'm
1: saying. That presentation is bad. You you can set a precedent for people on that grand stage because if I see mm-hmm. you lay an egg on that grand stage, I assume as 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 not being familiar <laughs> with you, I assume that you're trash, right? Whereas
0: different, that is not the case with them.
1: Oh, I'm, 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 oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. The thing is, like I said, coming into it not knowing, and I see you on the grand stage. I assume you're trash because you laid an egg. If I would have been able to see your come up, and I know better than I know better than what I know that you're got, you guys are actually solid. It's just you're not getting your just do
0: at this stage. All right, we're gonna run through quick now because we're, we're closing in on the, the start the NCAA March Madness finale. So we got the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and the craziest part about this was the main story was Braun Strowman was seeking to end his vendetta with Saturday Night Live's Colin Jones and Michael Shea. And Braun Strowman <laughs> has been competing for world titles. He keeps getting a start and stop push. He should be one of these guys in the main event we're well, right in that picture, second from the top match. Instead, he is in a ridiculous match for the second WrestleMania in a row. <laughs> I don't know your take on Braun Strowman. Have you seen him whatsoever? What did you think of this battle? royal?
1: Braun Strowman, Vince likes some big and strong, right? Big, strong, and can grunt real loud from what I've seen, the guys that get the push from Vince.
0: Not lying. Braun St- huh? You're not wrong.
1: Yeah, Braun fits the bill. He's big and strong and can take on five men at a time. He could he could eat four guys like me on a on a brioche bun and still go out and wrestle, right? He he's a huge human being. He should be one of the faces. He should be the top heel of the promotion right now. Seriously, yeah, that's how I feel. Um, and another thing, Colin Jost, and uh michael Che. michael Che. yeah as much as i like these two guys from snl like they they made weekend report worth watching they're part of that whole SNL. every, every you know snl goes through their uh their uh revivals and this is the cast that you know brought it back and make you want to watch again um michael Che and and joe star part of this new exciting cast but they failed miserably as the comic relief. There was no jokes. None of it landed. (laughs) No, seriously, none of it landed. The funniest thing about their appearance was when good old Harley Nash came out. And that made, that for me, that made the whole thing, it didn't make it worthwhile, but their appearance made those two guys funny as these two like not even affable losers, but just losers. You know, I was really, I can't say I was expecting so much more from them because I really didn't know what to expect because I i just didn't think they would translate into the WWE universe. I don't know. It's like, it takes a certain type to fit in and, and bring the funny, you know, it's one thing to be a, a, a comedic person. And to be a part of that universe for a few, just to do your thing or whatever. But you kind of gotta be involved with and get it. Like their whole energy was wrong for it to me. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. They was flat. It was. They it was were so flat. Like, come on, it was weird. Y'all need to oversell all of this. Like I, I like when he came out with the Odell jersey, but that was it in terms of like, hey, let's do something. Funny. That was
1: it. That was it. The old Scott Steiner, old school wrestling him. Like, like dude, that was all we got. And it was like, okay, this, I didn't expect much, but you guys really could have took this, you could have took this wherever you wanted to go. Because let's say if it's Will Ferrell or if it's uh, Kevin Hart or Bill Murray, you're going to have such a high expectation because these guys are funny and they're known to be funny, right? Even though Michael Che and, and, and Colin Jost are known to be funny, we don't know much of them outside of their realm. Like we've seen Kevin Hart at every NBA all-star game since 2010. Bill Murray is always involved with the baseball and golf. Same thing with Will Ferrell. He's always involved. He did an HBO special for God's sakes with him playing for what? 12 different uh, baseball teams, uh, spring training teams or something. So we, we know these guys in the integration of the sports and they're known to be always funny. With Colin Jost and and, and Che, they could have taken this wherever they wanted to go. It's just, it it fell flat. And I don't know if they had control of their jokes or their presence at all, but I just don't think it was the right fit
0: at all. They should have done something totally different.
1: Totally different.
0: So then we move on to the world. So the official kickoff to the show begins. And this is probably what, hour three at this point? (laughs) Hour 17? Yeah, man. It was like, come on. And Alexa Bliss comes out, and she's ready to get the crowd hyped up. And, she's, and my biggest thing with WrestleMania in this modern era is they tell us, I'm going to create a WrestleMania moment. And I'm always from the mindset, you can't tell me what you're going to do. Do what you do. And then Surprise I decide, me. as the viewer, oh, that was really cool. What a moment.
1: I don't Surprise me.
0: I'm about to make a moment. I mean, that's just not how anything plays out. I mean, Jeff,
1: it's one of you know like I balls. know, you don't make a moment by announcing you're making a moment.
0: Exactly. I mean, unless you're Babe Ruth. But he, would, he didn't grab a mic and say, yeah, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to Hey, he
1: just called his shot and hit his shot. shot. That created the moment. Like you Damn. said, he didn't grab the mic
0: and say, hey, I'm about to bat this in the left field. y'all." Right. Which would have totally killed the moment. So, Alexa Bliss goes, I'm, I'm going to create a moment by the snap of my fingers. And I'm thinking, you know, what would have been cool is if they had Josh Brogan show up, like Thanos. That would have been funny. Oh, that would have been hot. That would have been a moment. But Hulk Hogan comes out, he does his routine, and it's like the audience is like, eh, okay, Hogan's here. And he's one of those guys who's been gone for a while, comes back, and it's it's not quite the same thrill because you know he's going to show up all the time. And, yeah, that was weird. Then we had our Universal title match. Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Brock Mm -hmm. has basically held the title hostage for two (laughs) years. He doesn't defend it. He shows up very uninterested in pretty much every match, except for when he's going against guys like AJ Styles, Dan and Finn Balor, and Seth Rollins. So this match, it, it looked like it could have had a lot of potential, but it lasted all of three real minutes. (laughs) And it was like Brock threw him around bruised him around a little bit and then it was time hey let's get this match underway and he misses a couple of charges Seth hits his stomp three times and we have a new chance what did you think of it? garbage this was was, to, to
1: steal a line from Chief chocolate daddy this was total garbage I mean I've never been a huge fan of Brock because Brock is the kind of guy like who does he remind me of in terms of other athletes or other teams? Brock is like I don't know, man. He's he's will he's he's like uh, uh, Maurice Claret. Yeah.
0: Like. I mean, whatever, and yeah. Do, and I'll do whatever. heck
1: Yeah. I'll show up at training camp with a bottle of vodka. Like, come on, dude, seriously. Like, Brock could be so much more than what he is. He is a beast when he's motivated and, and, and up to par. But Brock, for the most part, looks like he just left Golden Corral and your local liquor store. Like, he, he put down a keg before, and he's going to
0: attack
1: the meat section of the Golden Corral buffet. And then he's going to go wrestling in an hour.
0: Right. He's, he's carrying a little water weight a little beer weight and yeah. right i forgot the rest
1: the oh game. yeah that's right we got him i gotta be somewhere tonight at seven it's like dude come on it's like yeah, i'm pulling I, I i've pulled for you for a decade but at the same time you've been a total disappointment at every turn so it's like i, I don't care no more yeah and when exactly. when yeah i don't care no more when that they try them out,
0: out itself, man the mm-hmm. like, okay good because that's <laughs> off of him man <laughs> and have the belt every night on Raw I mean because Brock was like gone for months man and no one could understand, no one would bother explaining the 30 day defensive clause it was just like oh yeah. Brock like, how but, is Brock invulnerable to this title thing that's been established for so long yeah. and we have Roman Reigns He's like dude I'm fighting leukemia I mean under the Brock rules he could just be like I'm going to take my belt for 6 months and show up afterwards
1: yeah, because we got Brock Lesnar sitting here eating Bronson and beer, farting into a chair until he has to go out into the ring and struggle for five and a half minutes while CM Punk and that relationship is spoiled and he's out in the nether. We need CM Punk back in WWE. Seriously, I'm I'm, I'm I've been wanting to say that for a while, but CM Punk is the last of the great ones to me. Why I think,
0: I... think there, I I think AJ Styles is past him. Turns that in terms of. The recent great ones?
1: I don't know. I like AJ Styles, but Punk had it all for me. He had Punk it all. did
0: have a personality.
1: He really did. He had it all. And speaking and the, of AJ
0: Styles, mm-hmm. he's wrestling in the next, next match, taking on yeah. the Viper, Randy Orton. I don't know if you saw the beginning of this. I did. When, when Orton comes out, they've got these weird virtual reality uh, emoji-looking deals that they slap together. Really stupid. So oh, man. <laughs> And I'm just wondering if they are, like, six-year-old kids who are like, wow, this is amazing. Because I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> this
1: is garbage. What is this?"
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I know the crowd doesn't see it. But as a viewer, I'm like, come
1: on, man. Like, what is <laughs> a... Jeff, I kept thinking that the whole time. Like, these big, giant, dumb graphics. Look, in the NFL, it works. But it really doesn't work because we know this is a big, stupid graphic that they're doing from the uh, trailers outside the stadium. Right? But I mean, we don't care because it's football. It's
0: exactly. football. Just, just get us to football. We'll just care.
1: give get us get us to the football. We don't care. And wrestling is like, okay, I still have to see these people after you put this dumb graphic down. And that's the beauty of the NFL and football as a whole. You can forgive all because for what it's worth, they have their helmets on. They're almost not people. I tried to explain myself when I said that to somebody recently like how a player like Antonio Brown can leave the Steelers to for Oakland and the Steelers' nation isn't that rocked at all because for what it's worth, we'll, we got another wide receiver and we'll draft another. And I'll be honest with you, up until this season, I didn't know what Antonio Brown looked like. He was just a guy with a football. Seriously, that's the beauty of football. From the business standpoint, no player wields as much power as you know the top like a, a quarterback. And that's how just how they want it because you wear a helmet. In wrestling, it's different because you are the face. You have a face. I get to see you. So if there's something that takes away from that, if it's a stupid graphic, if you come out there and trip up on your run down to the uh, from the ramp to the arena uh, to the uh, ring, you look like a jerk. You look like a doofus. You know.
0: <laughs> so we had AJ, the face that runs the place in SmackDown taking on Randy Orton. And I think they said Orton has won the world title 13 times, which is just an indictment on how ridiculous they've gone with world title. Because I always feel like Randy Orton is a really good wrestler, but he's overrated because of the amount of world titles he's won. To me, he is a four world title kind of guy who had good reigns. But man, 13 is just stupid. So anyway, but this was a don't... good match, and it was, it was really good. They were trying to counter their finishers RKO and flying forearm, uh, calf crusher. It was, it was solid. wasn't too flashy, based off where it was in the card because they don't like burning people out with great matches early. Uh, about twenty minutes on this one, AJ Styles gets the win with a flying forearm. Yeah, I know you missed the end of this, but yeah. it's worth checking out.
1: I'm definitely gonna check out the ending. But you know what? I I with Orton, I feel like this. Maybe I'm 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 off base here, but at least coming from my standpoint and from those that I know who watch wrestling and have watched wrestling over the years, Orton is not overrated, but he's the most unheralded of the faces of the franchise. He's he's one of these guys that He's held, the, he's held the title. He's been the guy on the top of the food chain, but you don't care.
0: My problem with Orton is I'd have to go back to, like, 2004, 2007 mm-hmm. to think of a good, like, a really good Randy Orton match. It was good because of Randy Orton as well. Not necessarily what happened in the match to Randy Orton, but Randy Orton was like, oh, man, he did it. Like he, he was fighting with Mick I was invested in that. He mm-hmm. Fighting with Evolution or fighting against them, I was pretty invested. He was fighting The Undertaker at WrestleMania 21. Super invested in him. But now it's kind of like, he's the guy who moves slow. He's the viper. He's going to pound his fist and he's going to do his gestures and do his thing. And... Whether we like that style of Randy Orton match or not, that's what we're going to get. And it's always yes. frustrating in terms of that. But I like this match well enough. Moving on, we got the SmackDown tag titles. The Usos versus Ricochet, Alistair Black, versus The Bar, versus Nakamura and Rusev. And what I thought was hilarious was Nakamura and Rusev are pretty much <laughs> a together tag team but they decided to get matching outfits, which I just love. <laughs> like, thank you. Y'all uphold the, the good standards of classic old school tag teams that actually wore matching outfits. Mm-hmm. But I love the Usos outfits, man. The Usos collection, the, the white and gray hoodie. I want oh, yeah. instead of that. that. That looked like baller gear in wrestling. And I like the Usos. Been a big fan. I thought this was going to be Ricochet and Alistair Black Knight. But the Usos pulled through. And the cool thing about this match, there is an actual story to it where the Usos were punished for helping the New Day help Kofi get his title shot against Dan O'Brien. So they got put in this match where they didn't have to win to lose, or they didn't have to get 10 to lose their titles. So I love how that actually was part of the overall or the bigger Kofi storyline. And I really like that they won the match too. And so I just I really liked how this played out. This match wasn't great, um, but it was fun. There were a lot of quick tags. Uh, Cesaro did like 80 rotations with Ricochet. I liked it. What What'd you think?
1: No, I loved it. It was It was a great match. Um, at the same time, I feel like the NXT match. I feel like Aleister Black. An old boy participated in a better match just a day ago. A day prior, <laughs> mm-hmm. the thing um, is, that
0: those uh, those four ways, those three match, three way matches, they're always set up where a team has to sit back on the side, or a person has to sit on the side while the other two square off. And in the tag right. matches, that just means more people are fighting, against more people. But in the NXT title right. match, they were just two dudes going against two dudes. And it was like, oh shoot, oh he broke at the pinfall in a in a four team match. Right. It's just a little bit more chaotic. I thought they did a good job maneuvering through the chaos, but that's what you get in. All right, next up, we got the Falls Count Anywhere match with Shane McMahon versus this. Now you texted me something hilarious. Go ahead and tell everybody what you thought about Shane McMahon.
1: Shane McMahon at forty eight looks like Michael Keaton today story. Yeah, no, he really does. And look, I don't care how much gym time Shane McMahon does, you can tell it's it's shoulders, chest, and arms every day. We're not working on anything else. Nothing else. Like his head looks like one of those mini Heineken big eggs. He's just a mess of a man. He's <laughs> just, just a mess of a man.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I was not sold on this match when it was announced because oh, no. they always try to push Shane like he is a world beater like he can hang with the Undertaker he can hang toe to toe wrestling wise with AJ Styles he's not afraid of Braun Strowman and Miz has played his his role being the loathsome despicable heel so well <laughs> that i had such a hard time trying to root for Miz but man this match was pretty fun right up until the ending and I was it worried was. this was going to be the point where the show was about to go off the rails. Because Miz got his, got his stuff in on Shane. Then Shane got the advantage. Then, his, then Miz's dad came in for some just ridiculous, <laughs> crazy, funny stuff. And then Miz just beats Shane down for like a good seven minutes. And then he takes him up on a scaffold. He's in the suplex. But somehow Shane falls on top and gets away. What did you think of this
1: one? It was ridiculous, like it should have been. Yeah, It it was ridiculous as it should have been down to the ending. Shane's entrance was some of the funniest stuff. It's just, it was so bad, it was good. Um, and he's a bully. He's a rich kid. He's Eric Trump. He's He's every privileged kid you've ever known. And I love that he plays up to that. Um, the first three minutes of that of that match was hilarious because it was just classic Shane. It was classic Shane. I'm just going to be the biggest douche nozzle I can, and <laughs> you just got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. Um, the ending was what it was. You know, people are going to love it. People are going to hate it. Um, overall, I think this is what you should expect or have zero expectations when you come to it, uh, or oh, you see a Shane uh, McMahon match, but the ending is right in line with what I would think would happen. I'm not going to say expect, but this is what I would think would happen.
0: Yeah, it was decent. It was, decent. Yeah, it was, decent. I, it was I, I didn't like that Miz lost, because I was finally coming around to Miz as a face, but mm-hmm. It helps the feud continue. Next up, we have the women's tag team title match, and this is the first time historic women's tag team titles are defended at WrestleMania, for me, as they're always so quick to tell us, with anything involving the women, it's history in the making. So we got the champs, Sasha Banks and Bayley, taking on Nia Jax, Tamina, and Beth Phoenix in the tight and the icons. Now we need to go into the match. I thought it was okay. I don't think any of these matches that we saw from the women on this show were especially crisp. This one's probably the worst of all of them. Um, but I love the iconics. I love their whole ridiculous gimmick. Love that they <laughs> came out with the Milliciph ah, uh, ear helmet, wings, like they just play their roles so well. Oh, and they yeah. got like a chump win and I like them as tag champs because they're gonna bring some personality and people who can talk to those tag titles because Bailey and Sasha Banks cannot talk at all when they have a mic Hello. in front of them. You. They've just gotten... Sasha, in her case, she's gotten worse. Over the Most, wow. Bailey just can't do interviews, but the iconics are going to be fun. They're going to be characters that people just want to see get beat oh, yeah. every week, like Honky Tonk Band, where it's like, come <laughs> on, be the people who beat them. And I think they're going to be great for that division, especially since it's a traveling title. Go to Raw and NXT. And I hope that they fight the Sky Pirates on the NXT because I think that could be fun for you, too. What do you think about that one?
1: Same. I mean, you, you mirror my sentiments. I, 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 they're so ridiculous that you have to, they're entertaining, you know. Mm-hmm. Granted, I love when people, how can I say it? I hate when people aren't, good, aren't great personalities on the mic but I love when they're not great personalities on the mic because it makes some, some some really awkward exchanges, some really awkward dialogue. I, I, I like that because I like those awkward pauses and this kind of what-the-hell moment. I <laughs> said,
0: <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah. no, sure what am I supposed to say? saying? you like... know the backstory of the Iconics?
1: Uh-huh. K
0: and Peyton Royce had been, like, childhood friends. Um, they're both from Australia, and mm. they've had this dream of being WWE stars, uh, you know, since they were little kids, and actually seeing them get their moment and celebrate was kind of cool,
1: and cool. I don't
0: know if they make them heal so much as just, like, weird and self-obsessed uh, narcissists, but I think they're going to be a lot of fun in that role. Oh, yeah. Let's oh, go yeah. on now to the match that restored, like, a million percent of my faith that they actually know what they can do when they decide they want to do what they should do. The WWE title match, Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. To me, this was, I think to everybody, this was the main event in terms of match quality and actual WrestleMania moment creation. Uh, The whole storyline was that Kofi is a B-plus player. He is good enough to... Be in matches with stars, but he's not one. And he can fight for the world title, but in multi-person matches. He's not going to get a one-on-one shot standing right. And Vince McMahon made him go through all these hoops. The craziest thing about this angle was Kofi really wasn't supposed to be there. Uh, Ali was in this elimination chamber set up to be part of that match. Ali got hurt, so they had Kofi fill in, and they stumbled onto the fans' realization that Kofi Kingston is a great wrestler, has a lot of personality, and he's been here forever and hasn't gotten his shot. That resulted in the perfect storm of the fans going nuts for him, beating up to Elimination Chamber, him having this great showing in the Elimination Chamber, and coming really close to beating Dan O'Brien to the point that the fans are yelling, Kofi, Kofi, and it's like, oh, wait a second. I know you guys have to be paying attention. This is your match for WrestleMania." And they figured out that's what we should do. And they made Vince put the New Day through all of these obstacles to get this match. And it made the fans want to see Brian versus Kofi more and more and more. And it's crazy what happens when you program the fans properly. When you build a story up and you build the characters up the right way, mm-hmm. they react the right way. It wasn't one of those modern deals where half the fans were chanting, let's go, Brian, let's go, Kofi!" It was all Kofi. Mm-hmm. Like, the fans were the loudest. They were all night. They reacted the way they wanted to. Brian has a submission move in. the Fans do the slow. Come on, come on. They start clapping louder. I mean, this was textbook wrestling. It's have them in your have them in the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. Twist, make them react the way you want to, and then instead of some crazy ha, y'all never saw this coming. We had the new day turn on Kofi. Surprise, Vince Bryan retains the title. No, Kofi wins. The crowd goes nuts because I think we've been conditioned so long as WWE fans that what we want doesn't matter unless it's for the people that Vince wants us to like. This was a real WrestleMania moment. The fans went nuts. Kofi and the New Day were ecstatic. And they had the old WWE title to get to Kofi, not the the modern new Daniel Bryan recyclable version, which I thought was perfect for his character. But I liked that Kofi got the real belt. And then they had T-shirts saying that, yes, there's a new champ. And the best part was when they brought his sons in. Oh, and the yeah. oldest son was like, "Yo, look what my dad did!" Oh, he he was so, in the moment. Dude, was he? It was great. Now, on uh, Twitter today, I saw an Instagram story from MVP. I don't know if you remember him. hmm And um, Shad Gaspar, who was yeah. part of Primetime. Time, they were watching the match uh, somewhere, and they had somebody recording their reaction when Kobe won, and they actually got emotional, choked up, teared up.
1: And yeah. I was like, gosh,
0: this is the last... I can't remember a time where I was that excited watching somebody become a champ since probably Ron Simmons. Yeah. Where it was like, wow, they actually they actually won the title. Man, this is crazy. What I, What did you think about this?
1: Oh, more of the same. This actually meant something,
0: you know, and
1: uh, aside from, you know, Black Man to Black Man, when you see a guy who, for the most part, doesn't fit the bill of being the guy on the top of the food chain or the guy on the top of the heat, you see a guy just work his butt off to get it. And I don't care how anybody feels about wrestling. You can say what you want. This is hard work. It's hard work. And speaking from experience, right? But no, these guys put their bodies on the line just like anybody else. It, you you try jumping off the top tier of a turnbuckle and, and and falling onto somebody who's 245 pounds. Try it, right? These guys put everything, and in, 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 they're, they're they're traveling all the time, all of these things. And for a guy like Kofi, and and even with dan Bryan, he was to me he doesn't fit the bill of a typical WWE uh, uh, championship wrestler, right? Am I wrong? He doesn't pick the bill. Like, I remember his big push a few years back, you know, the yes, yes, yes movement. He was an underdog at one point who they, the, the crowd just wanted to see get over. And when you see that, no matter who it is, it's a big moment because these, like when, when, I remember when Foley won it, it was like, dude, nobody picked Foley. Foley, remember when he was dude love? You know, it was like, you just, when you see it happen, it's big because these aren't the typical guys who are the faces of the franchise, who are the guys that sell the tickets. When that happens to me, they become bigger stars than the guys who supposedly fit the bill because you're so invested in them, not just as wrestlers, but as people. And Kofi had a real person to person moment with his bros, man, with the New Day, when they're hugging in the center of the ring and, you know, you see the emotion, you see his kids come in, that, that touches, that, that, that strikes the chord with the people. So they definitely connected with the people in that regard, you know, and this is, it's a big moment. It's a great moment for WWE, for Kofi, for, for everybody. And hopefully, like, this has been, to me, one of the most diverse WrestleManias um just because i mean the obvious of course but this hopefully is it's a i hate no pun intended but all pun intended it's a new day for the wwe where we see that this kind of inclusive environment where it's not just the giant white man who wins the title or is deemed title worthy or it's not just the 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 blonde-haired blue-eyed buxom blonde who's the title holder well, the ladies it's it, it's all inclusion because you look around that you look around the crowds there's um, there's so many people who represent what america is today there's all of us and i think with everything whether it's wrestling our films that we watch our tv shows that we watch you have to include the american experience which isn't just white people or black people it's everybody it's we're all here so I love to see that, and I love to see the, I loved to, to see the amount of diversity that existed with this WrestleMania, not just with this match, but as a whole. So I really loved that match, but overall, yeah. I really loved what I saw yesterday with the diversity of it all. I loved it.
0: All right, well, look, I think that is a perfect endpoint for this half of the WrestleMania recap. So we're gonna pick this back up later, and. We're going to have this up for everybody so y'all can check this out. And stay tuned later on the rest of this week. We're going to go back with the rest of our thoughts because Javon still has to catch up on the last few matches on the show. Mm -hmm. All right, J. King, thanks, man. We will uh, pick back up later. And it will be on as usual with the rest of the fellas talking about everything going on Hollywood and all that good stuff. Hope y'all enjoyed the March Madness finale tonight. This episode of Loud Movie Files has been fun.